Fin Maniacs preview show once again. What's our name, Jorge? Welcome to the Two Amigos, Carter. Yep, there it is. Uh, the second, the second uh, week in a row that we get to kind of like really like solidify our podcasting name. I'm so excited. I know, I know. I mean, we had a special, you know, showing last week during the Sumathon, which was great. Thank you, guys. Yes. Thank you, David Cantor. Thank you, Savage, for joining us. Jason was yeah, here. Yeah, what was like the ending, uh, the raised money? What, what would we reach? What was the... So I think it was like 3,300, 3, right? 3,500? That's beautiful. Yeah, it was. I mean, goodness gracious. Well, you know, today <laughs> we are going to talk, of course... Dolphins, Bills to end the season. I mean, there's a bunch of uh, like playoff implications on this, uh, huge playoff implications. And somehow at 10 and five, it's not a lock either way. But um, I mean, Jorge, before we start, I think we need to like, uh, can we make sure that we're on the same page and that you're not like super angry at me <laughs> for the last couple of weeks? Make sure we don't have any beef. Carter, look, I'm, I'm not angry at you. I'm just disappointed, man. I told okay, you tell, to me, tell me why. I told you not to jinx the game. And <laughs> we went out and said it's going to be easy. It's going to be a cakewalk. The Dolphins have never had an easier game than this week against the Raiders. And then we were this close. This close to losing the game. <laughs> and see, the thing is, though, as uh, let's say I'm not a very good analyst. But when I was analyzing the numbers – it almost was a clear-cut victory. It should have been, okay? We're a better team. That's for sure, okay? Derek Carr's coming in injured, right? There are, like, so many things that are pointing towards an easy victory. And the third one, and the most, uh, the one that I'll probably focus on with this, uh, this upcoming show as well, is the turnover differential. We're, one, we're number one in the league. And the, the Raiders were one of the only teams that were negative. It just, uh, in the league... Uh, with a winning record. It was insane to me that we didn't slaughter them. But for some reason, what the Raiders did really, really well is they didn't turn over the ball like they normally do. And I think that's just a chance happening. Nine out of 10 times, X has a pick in that game. Absolutely. And look, I think the stat that I think should have made the game much easier for the Dolphins, if we're going to call it, call it that, is the third down efficiency. I mean, the Dolphins' defense stop the Raiders on third down 10 times out of 10. Mm-hmm. And yet yeah. we won 26 to 25. And the thing Crazy. is, that, you know, I think we were giving up, you know, too many yards in first and second down. I mean, the Raiders finished with 6.9 yards per play. That's almost like what I get in Madden when I play it. So, <laughs> I mean, that, that was, that was, that was, that was, it wasn't the best showing from the Dolphins defense. I think the fact that they kept it close and allowed the Raiders to keep on running and going off play action really stopped the Dolphins' defense because this this team is much better when it's able to react. I mean, when it's able to just, you know, attack rather than wait and react. And it happens on offense and defense, both, both things. And, and the Dolphins' defense was forced to think a lot during this game, and that slowed down their aggression. And I think that's why we didn't have a pick. But we did keep the, the turnover streak alive because they actually managed to, you know, <laughs> recover that fumble in the very last play. You're going to count that? That is just it, it, it counts. Just, it counts. Okay. All right. It counts. You know, the one thing I'll say about this Raiders and Dolphins game is that I still stand by the fact that uh, the Dolphins won. Like I said, they, they were going to win. Okay. And uh, over the last two weeks, I'm 2 and 0 with my predictions. And I think you're 0 and 2. So I, I think 
<laughs> I think I have something going here. But, but wait, wait, your prediction was that the Dolphins were going to have another 100-yard rusher? Uh, well, that was a bold prediction, and bold predictions are often wrong. Most of the time, they're wrong. I do want to say, you know, if, if Miles Gaskin was on, on pace to actually do that with a 6.2 mm-hmm. average per carry, but we didn't have a 100-yard rusher, Carter. You did say that Dolphins were going to win a easy. They didn't win. <laughs> I, I, I begged you not to jinx them, Carl. I begged you, man. I'd be happy that Dolphins won this game. Because if yeah. they hadn't, I'd be in California right now just whooping your ass. <laughs> And the, the funny part about this is that um, I, I, maybe I did jinx them a little bit. Maybe it was going to be a lot easier until I just came on the podcast and I said, well, this is going to be the easiest game of the year. But the thing is, The last thing I will, this is actually the last thing I'll say about the Dolphins and the Raiders before we go into Bill's Dolphins, because we, we do preview show stuff, of course. Uh, the Dolphins and the Raiders uh, was set up to be pretty easy. You know, the turnover thing I talked about, and also the third downs. We, we got them off the field on third down. But the problem was, the biggest problem was, is those big plays, right? And um, I don't feel bad about any of the big plays that the Dolphins led up in this last game. Okay, a lot of them were to Waller. And Rowe played um, like amazing coverage on almost every single pass uh, that went to Waller. But what can you do? Sometimes you're just, you know, like it's in, in basketball. Sometimes people just outshoot you. You know, you can't stop a good shot. That's, uh, you know, a long half court three point from Steph Curry. Sometimes you can't stop that. So that's what I'll say about uh, those big plays. And then also uh, all of the other big plays were just missed calls. <laughs> so I don't feel bad about those either. Can we just, okay, let's just, for, first of all, let, let, let's give some accolades to David Cantor, who was here on the show and the special for the Sumathon. And everything he predicted came to fruition in that game. I mean, he sure. said about Tua, it's going to be another Denver game. Tua was benched just like in the Denver game. He said, I'm concerned about Eric Rowe. I don't think he's played as well as some analysts have said. And Eric Rowe was owned by Waller, who's, you know, an old pro a tight end at, at this point. He said, I'm mm-hmm. concerned about this, and it happened. He said, I'm concerned about the middle of the field. It happened. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, we're mm-hmm. going to try to get David back uh, soon Yeah, in the Two Amigos show. And obviously, his donation was amazing. But let me just... He <laughs> was. Let me just wrap up, you know, the, 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 Ravers game, the Raiders game by saying this. Coach Flores, I think, for me, secured his number one position as coach of the year. By, mm-hmm. doing that, by going to, to Fitz in the fourth quarter bringing him in because Tua was not playing a poor game. I mean, he, he had, you know, 17 out of 22, one touchdown, no interceptions. The issue, the issue with Tua was that he was being overly conservative with the ball and he only threw for 94 yards. I mean, that was the issue with Tua and that's why he was benched. Mm-hmm. Right. right. It's, it's, I mean, this, this game is such a staple for coach of the year. It's, it's so, so beautiful because What it does is when you when you are moving around players willy-nilly, regardless of their draft status, what that tells you is I'm going to put my chess pieces in the right position to win. That's what he did. And uh, sometimes what you have to do is you have to uh, make really bad moves that are going to mess with the media content for six months to come. However, you do that and you win the game and it is shining and beautiful coming out the other end so of course this is this is that game that really just kind of pounds the yep he, he won that and there's no debate about it at this point look i'm re-watching i'm re-watching the last dance right now and uh you know michael jordan says that you know it's all about winning i'm all about winning 
And, I, you know, Coach Floyd is all about winning. He's not going to care if it's two or if it's fits, if the Dolphins are up. Like, the only thing he cares about is the Dolphins winning. And I think, that, right. you know, that, that speaks greatly because he he's loyal to the guys he's got in the locker room. And he knows that he's got to do the best for them as a group. And, I mean, mm-hmm. Tua took it in stride. I mean, Tua said, you know, i got to learn more. I've got to be more aggressive. And I think this, this leads us to the Bills game, Carter, because there's no Fitz relief this time around. Fitz, Fitz Magic is not going to be there in Buffalo. He came out positive in that latest COVID test, testing, and it's old Tua now. And I think I want to ask this question before we lead into it. This could be our first debate going into this Dolphins and Bills preview show, Finn Maniacs, of course, uh, is, is that – Jorge, I've, I've seen you on Twitter talking about, let's say Fitz is, is not sick. You're saying you finished, you would finish the season with Fitz at quarterback. Yeah, I'm, I'm basically saying, look, I think Fitz earned it. I think that the way that Dolphins are designing, I, I th- let, me go, let me walk you through what I think is the reasoning to play Fitz later in, later, late in, the, you know, in that game and, and against Denver and why I think he should start. The Dolphins prepare a game plan, and when everything goes according to that game plan, then... Chan is very comfortable calling plays for Tua. As soon as that game plan goes off the rails or the other team does something that Dolphins were not expecting, that they were not prepared for, Chan is not comfortable. And this is by his own words, by the way. He said he said it. You know, if, if I've Tua seen it. Play, well, it's you know, and then he's not comfortable. You know, going you know, to adjustments on the fly with Tua at quarterback. And I think you can understand why. You know, Tua. It's his first year during the offseason. He was doing rehab. He wasn't really doing anything prep for football. He wasn't doing on-the-field work or classroom work. Um, so, so I think it's – I understand why Chan feels that way. I think Tua could perform if, if Chan gave him the, the chance. But, you know, you know, you know me and Chan, we've got a very personal relationship. And I, <laughs> I just don't think he feels that comfortable, you know, doing adjustments with, with Tua on the fly. For this game, when you're going to go up to Buffalo in a snowy game that Tua has never played in snow, in a must-win game, I, 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 think that, I think Fitz gives you the better chance for two reasons. First of all, he's more used to the elements. And I think when you're quarterback, the elements matter a lot because, you know, that grip on the ball, the way the ball spins and so on, it's going to change with us now. And I also think that, you know, Fitz has never played in the playoffs. He's never gone to the playoffs. And putting him in this game, he was never going to be more motivated to win than in this game, ever. So that's why I think that if, if Fitz was healthy – and if, 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 if the decision was up to me, I'd say, let's go with Fitz. Let's turn it around. If Fitz struggles, then we go to Tua. And I agree with you here. I totally agree with you here. And it sucks so badly that I know. Fitz we, has we, COVID. We, we should disagree, man. We're doing it live. We have to fight now. I know. We usually, we usually plan it out to fight. I'm kidding. We usually just disagree. But the, I totally agree with you because, you know, when Chan Gailey, who has the keys to this car, who has the keys to this offense, just blatantly likes Fitz better. He does. Yeah. And it's because they work together. And it's because uh, he he doesn't want to go – like, he's so old at this point. Let's be honest about this offensive coordinator. He's so old, he doesn't want to have to work through the rookie bumps in the road. Yeah. Because – for him, he's saying, okay, Fitz can run my offense right now. And I yeah. know someone in uh, the coaching staff or, you know, the ownership is going, we're playing Tua. We don't care how old you are, Chan. We're playing Tua. But it w- if it was Chan's decision, they would play Fitz. And I think it's probably the right way. Uh, and, you know, if we're thinking about Tua's development, we're saying, oh, well, he has to know how to take his lumps and all that stuff. Well, that's not necessarily true. All the greatest quarterbacks of all time, 
uh, you know, like Rogers and stuff. They sat out for multiple seasons yeah. uh, behind really great players. And then when they had the offensive coordinator and they really had a dial in on that offense, that's when they come in and start dominating. So personally, I think there's no reason to uh, babysit Tua through the playoffs or through week 17, um, either just literally give him the keys and just live with all the interceptions that are to come or you got to go to Fitz. And at this point, it's impossible. I mean, I, I think also, you know, when, when you say interceptions, I'm pretty sure that if, if you let Tua run the offense, according to his understanding of the offense right now, he would still have less interceptions than Fitz. I do think he'd be sacked like five times what Fitz would be. Just because, yeah. and, and we saw that last game and we saw that against Denver. As soon as Tua starts to feel pressured in the pocket where he just, he just gives up and sensing the pressure, he gets, you know, happy feet. We saw it with the last sack on the, in that Raiders game. We saw it against Denver. He's so reluctant to just throw it up there that he just holds into the ball and then tries to scramble. And then he walked into a defender last, last week. So I do think that Tua is going to have to raise his game for this this week. If they don't hard to win, they're definitely going to have to, to raise the game. And I do expect the Dolphins to win. And I do expect the Bills to play their starters at least to begin the game with. So that's a perfect segue into Dol- some actual Dolphins and Bills talk because we do have Tua. Like it or not, I personally would like to see Fitz ride it out, like we've talked about a little bit. Um, however, I mean, it's totally fine that your franchise quarterback has to play instead. Uh, and in this Dolphins-Bills game, uh, we could – the biggest headline, I would say, other than Fitz being out, because really your backup quarterback being out is not that huge of a deal in normal seasons, um, is that we could also still have a receiving core that's, you know, that's Bowden, Mack, and Perry. That could be what we're looking at this Sunday. Uh, and how do you think, Jorge, this is my first question, how do you think that looks when Tua needs to win a game in snow? Look, I think they've played it very safe with Devante Parker so far. But this is not the game to play it safe. I think Coach Flores knows it. And if he's really going to be you know, coherent with what he's done about winning is the number one thing. And I'm not saying risk the health of your players. I'm not advocating that. But if Devante Parker is not at risk of injuring it severely more by playing in this game, you have to play Devante Parker. You have to give Tua as many weapons as he can to win this game. And I I think that if we're going to talk about the receivers, we've got to talk about Jakeem Grant, Carter. Because Jakeem Grant had a beautiful play designed for him that if he catches it clean, he goes for a touchdown against the Raiders. And he didn't. He, he, He bobbed the ball. He had to go back to get it, and then he got tackled, I think, three yards beyond line of scrimmage when he had the whole left side of the field ready to go. I think, you know, the number one thing that Tua is missing right now is reliable receivers. He doesn't trust Jakeem Grant. We can see that, and you can understand why. And without Devante Parker, then the, Dolphin, the, the other defenses are able to key in on take out Mike Siki off the middle of the field and then just bump Lynn Bowden at the line of scrimmage. Devante yeah, Parker, I mean, there's... Yeah, Devontae Park gives you that element that can go, you know, above, you know, the defense. Yeah, there's literally not a single player on this team that scares you in any way, especially in bump coverage or something like that. And especially with a quarterback that doesn't make too quick of decisions. Um, We kind of saw that in the Raiders game. So, uh, you know, you have Tua's accuracy. That's, you know, his, his golden goose when it comes to football. But in bump coverage with these little receivers that you don't trust, 
Uh, everything's going to be underneath, especially if you take Gasicki out of the game. Um, Parker needs to play in this game, or this could be ugly. Yeah, I agree. I agree, and uh, I do think that your guys in the running back rooms are going to have to carry this team, not because of Tua or Fitzpatrick, just because it's going to be snowing, guys, and we, you cannot air it out in the snow. It's 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 it gives up for an ugly game. Uh, so I think this is a big game. Uh, hopefully, the whole offensive line is as healthy as possible to play in this game. We know Solomon Kentley is uh, is still injured. He's he's uh, questionable to play in this game, but I think he's you know your best run blocker, and I think he's much better when he has to pull than Jesse Davis. Jesse Davis is a great line man. He's not good at pulling. So you know I think you have to give to uh, all the tools that, as possible, and more importantly, the defense has to play a hell of a game this time around. They've carried this team so far. They need to finish it out, and it's going to depend on them really. I think. I I highly agree, but let, I mean, let's. It comes to this question that that's kind of all over the place this week. Of will the Bills play their starters the entire game? Uh, I think that's no. the biggest question coming into this. And what do you think? And I, th- I I don't think they're playing them the whole game, just because. I mean, l- let me put on the 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 Buffalo Bills hat, and you know, for a second, you're onto the playoffs. The number two seed really doesn't matter this year because you're not going to have a bye week anyways. Um, you're going to host the, the first game of the of the playoffs anyway. Um, you're going to have to go to Kansas City to get to the Super Bowl anyways. So if, if you go into this game, when, it, when you're playing against a desperate opponent that has everything to play for, when there's going to be elements that make for questionable footing, and a team that tackles very well in the Dolphins and that is very aggressive, what happens if you're Buffalo and you play Josh Allen? He tries to slide, he gets stuck in the snow, and he injures it, and you ha- and you and he misses the playoffs, or with Stefan Diggs, or you know White on their defense. I think right. the Bills, you have to be smart and you have to play, you have to do what's best for your team. And right now, that's do not risk your players in a game where they have very, very little to you know to to earn. And and, and obviously, this team's super hot, right? Coming into this game. Uh, they are they're beating everybody and they're beating everybody by a lot. And but let's say, I mean, there is an argument to be made that you should probably play people uh, like a little bit. Right. So uh, let's say it's a half of football because you don't want jo- Josh Allen going into basically um, uh, having a bye week. Uh, definitely when they're this hot, you know, coming into a playoff game next week. So I think they could play surprisingly three-fourths of this game, especially with the opportunity to knock out a rival. So I don't think they're going to sit down on this one. I think they put the gas on. You know, they do a lot of quick passes. They get the ball out of Josh Allen's hands really fast. They try to move down this field, maybe put up they, – they probably want like a 17-3 to halftime score, and hopefully they can coast off of that with uh, Barkley in the second half. It's totally possible. So I'm going to go – I think it's good that we disagree, Carter, because otherwise this show is going to be very dull for 2021. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Here's, my, here's my thinking. I think you, you don't want to reveal too much about what you do well, what you don't do, especially going to the playoffs. I think you're going to play very vanilla offense, very vanilla defense. We're not going to see many trick plays from the Bills. We're gonna, not going to see many excited coverages. I think if, if I'm the Bills, I'm playing the Dolphins man up, cover two or cover one most of the game. And I'm gonna, I'm not, I'm not gonna bring out my exotic blitzes again. There's so little for the Bills to win in this game, other than kicking Dolphins out. And as much as I know that this rivalry means to both teams, I don't think it's worth it that much to risk 
the future of your team in the playoffs when you're a real contender right now, when you're probably the number two team in the conference. And I think the number two team in the NFL right now, and then you risk, you know, a, a, an injury to one of your, I think the, the, the bills have four key players, Edmonds on defense, White on defense, Allen and Diggs on offense, an injury to either of those four guys, I think really derails the, the bills playoffs hopes this year of what they're going to sure, do. Sure, sure, sure. And I, but I also think that there is definitely an argument that says that uh, you don't want to derail this hot streak. I think that is the biggest thing for me is that a lot of teams with that first, uh, you know, with that first round buy uh, look flat because, you know, a lot of those wild card teams come in hot and, you know, sneak into the playoffs and then just kind of rock you after your first round buy. And then you're like, uh, obviously we're the better team, but, you know, we just been sitting on the couch for a week or, you know, doing walkthroughs for a week and we come in flat and it's totally possible, uh, you know, that I think they try to win this game in a first half or try to win this game in three quarters. We shall see. But you, like you said, you wanted them to play all everybody I did. the whole game. I did. I did tweet out that, you know, that competitive in me wants them. I, I want their best shot. And mm-hmm. You know, as a Dolphins fan, I want the best shot, and I want my Dolphins to go out there and show that we could have won in Week Two if if you no know, Byron Jones wasn't injured, and if we had two at quarterback. And I think it's time to show up. I mean, if if you're if if you're thinking that the other team needs to rest their stars for you to get into the playoffs, then most likely your team doesn't you know deserve to get into the playoffs. But let's let's be also very honest. I mean, the Dolphins have a, you know a bounty of scenarios that gets them to the playoffs. Even if they lose this game, if the Browns, who've had, you know, their COVID, uh, you know, stricken franchise this week when they had to close the, the training facility for two days, where I think three or four starters are on the COVID list for next week for the, for the Steelers game. If they lose against the Steelers, who are resting their starters, then the Dolphins are in. If the Colts lose, if the Colts lose, you're in. If the Baltimore Ravens lose, then you're in. So there's a bunch of scenarios for the Dolphins to even lose, lose this game and still get in. But honestly, Carter, I think we're going to see the the masterpiece of coach flores coaching and this should be the game of games for the dolphins this season yeah i mean i understand the idea that uh, a lot of people wanted this like you said like a lot of people wanted like oh hopefully the bills don't play josh allen the entire game so that we can just kind of slip into the playoffs and all that um i don't like to play that either i think uh that this is you, you want to win these games to, to kind of prove a little bit of something that like, maybe you deserve to be here. I don't like the whole, uh, let's just, let's just get there to get there. Win, win versus the bills. Uh, and we can talk. So let's go into another segment for this bills game. Uh, and this is a segment I like to call what bills mafia is saying. And I have two articles. Okay. Jorge. So I, I know bill. you're lying, Carter. I mean, I know you're lying because as we know, I mean, Bill's Mafia doesn't know how to write. <laughs> well, okay. This is what they, I, I wrote this based on what I interpreted <laughs> uh, of them moving around and drinking beer or whatever they do. So um, this is from the SB Nation, Bill's Rumblings. And they had an entire article breaking down to a tape. Okay. And this is their summary off of it. And I want to hear your thoughts. Okay. So no shockers here, really. Tua plays like a rookie, thriving on the quick passing game. 
When it's shut down, he starts to struggle. As of today, if the Bills are playing to win this week, they're gaining an advantage, being able to count on 60 minutes of the rookie. Next year could be a different story. There are enough building blocks for Miami fans to cross some fingers for this for his future. What do you think? I'm, I know a Buffalo Bill didn't write that because that's very <laughs> uh, 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 look, we, we, we've, we, we just talked about it to us definitely playing like a rookie. And I, I agree. I mean, the, the, the fact that, and I'm going to go back to the elements, even though coach Flores says that they don't count. I think they do count again with a quarterback that's never played in the snow. If, if your first read slips down because he couldn't get off the line because of the snow, because of whatever the hell you want, uh, then Tua is going to struggle. I mean, he's going to try to move in the pocket again. The footing is going to be iffy. Um, I think the Dolphins have to go with a pound running game this week. And the last two weeks, the running game, Carter, I, I give you credit for this one, that the running game has come alive. Uh, you know, it's interesting that it came alive with the injuries to the offensive line. So you have to wonder if, if there's something there. To mm -hmm. why. Uh, Miles Gaskin was a different player last week that we had seen before the injury. Uh, you know, and, and if, if the Dolphins are able to really move the ball consistently, four yards per carry, five yards here and there, some runs to the outside with Salvan Ahmed, some short passes, uh, screen passes with, with the running backs, then that really takes a load of two on. And, and then the Bills defense has to adapt to that, giving you those quick throws that you're hoping the elements are not going to interfere with. Right. And, and, and that's the thing. It's, it's like, right. It is, it is, if you can somehow, and it's not that hard to be honest, uh, you know, <laughs> defend the, the short passing game, which really every team has eventually been able to do. The defense has just been so good giving the ball back to this offense so often that it doesn't even feel like um, there's a problem with our quarterback. But obviously when we get our backs against the wall, uh, that's what happens. And when it comes to the running game though, like versus the Patriots and this last week versus the, the Raiders and stuff like that, this is for some reason, um, you know, Tua wasn't a problem versus the Patriots because we were able to open up so much of this playbook based on, you know, getting five yards to carry. I, it might've been been 10. I don't know. We had like 300 yards on the ground and also a, uh, just beautiful is that miles Gaskin looks like, a, like a like a star sometimes yeah. only sometimes but when he like when he turns that corner in the Raiders game that's not a play that every running back makes and oh you know, running backs are a dime a dozen I, I right more I mean I think Miles Gaskin I mean again he's a second year player he's coming along but if, if the game is really slowing down for him now and he's able to turn that switch and flip that switch and just come on for a Dolphins the last two weeks of the season going into the playoffs, that's when you want your guys to really show up. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, we're seeing from so many of, of the young players. I mean, Andrew Van Ginkle played a hell of a game against the Raiders. He was all over the place. And if Shaq Lawson yeah. is back, you know, that allows Andrew Van Ginkle to really, you know, uh, you know, uh, pick his spots, really blitz when, when, he needs, when the Dolphins need him to, and not really hold the edge for the whole game. Right. Exactly. And I, we have one more. Yeah, yeah. on what Bill's Bill's Mafia is saying. And then we'll kind of go into the picks a little bit on this Dolphins-Bills uh, matchup. You've already given the pick earlier in the show. You just gave it away for free, but uh, that's fine. Uh, and then we will head towards your your uh, least favorite, bold predictions. And we'll end with, of course, we got to talk the scenarios with the Dolphins playoffs, which is 
Um, there's a lot of scenarios where the Dolphins make the playoffs. Okay, so the last one is from Buffalo News, uh, and they're talking about uh, their case of why Josh Allen should be considered for the MVP award. So he said he set single season franchise records for completions, total yards and touchdowns while leading the bills to a 12 and three record to their first divisional title. in since 1995, he's second in the league in touchdowns trailing Rogers 47 to 43 third in the league in passing yards tied for third in completions fifth in passing touchdowns and fifth in passer rating. He has nearly double Rogers interceptions total interception total and might not play much if at all in the finale against the dolphins. So that's him just making his case. What do you think? Uh, Josh Allen for MVP? Look, Josh Allen has played a hell of a season. He's been fantastic. And if we're going to see, you know, if, if Tua develops into what we all expect and hope him to develop, and we're going to get Tua versus Josh Allen for the next 10 years in this division, it's going to be fantastic. I mean, mm-hmm. Josh Allen has played great. He, he did something that I had never seen before, which is increase your completion percentage from year one to year three by 17% uh, percentile points. That's, that's wild. Uh, here's my, my thing. If you take Josh Allen out of that offense, and you put in, you know, Colt McCoy, Jake Fromm, with Brian Double as their OC, he's going to find a way to get them to execute at a high level. I mean, Brian Double right now is, to me, the second best offensive coordinator in the league after Eric Bieniemy, and that's high praise. If you take mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers out of Green Bay, the Packers collapse. True. Even though they, mm-hmm. you know, Jordan Love, the rookie, first-round pick, whatever, the Packers collapse. And that, for me, is what makes an MVP the MVP. If you take him out of his team, the team collapses. So even though I agree that Josh Allen is having a hell of a season and he deserves, you know, to be second team All-Pro and first string in the AFC Pro Bowl if, if, there, was, if there was one this year, I, I just can't give him the, the, the MVP above Aaron Rodgers. Because I also think that we take Aaron Rodgers for granted. I mean, he's doing something amazing this year without any weapons, by the way. I mean, the Packers receivers compete with the Dolphins receivers as a least scary weapon set out there. No, yeah, I, I, I agree once again, is that I, I think you go, for me, number one is Rodgers, number two is Allen, and number three is Mahomes. Because if we're going to talk about collapsing, Mahomes uh, has such a fluffy home. He has such a perfect situation for almost anybody. He has the best weapons, uh, kind of like the Warriors of the NFL, to be honest, they just got weapons on weapons on weapons. And then also you have the best uh, offensive coordinator, offensive coordinator in the league. So it's like you take Mahomes off that team might be a little bit worse, but probably 11 and five, you know, something like that Uh, with the Packers, they've been a mess for years and Rogers has to sustain them. But this year, for some reason, maybe based on the Jordan love, like look behind my shoulder type thing, he's been just lights out. You know, he's been, uh, he's turned this team into rather than a, you know, just a playoff team, maybe a, the NFC favorite. So I, I definitely have to give it to Rogers, but like we talked about, Josh Allen has been, I mean, he's done things for this bills team that no one has for decades. So that's fantastic. I mean, just just to give a stat on on Aaron Rodgers, he's, he's throwing a touchdown every, you know, an 8% of his passes. So every, you know, out of a hundred passes that he throws eight are going to be touchdowns. That is, you know, just amazing. It's wild. It's totally wild. So so Um, I I think, I think, you know, we can both say that, you know, Josh Allen is having a hell of a season, but unfortunately for him, there's a guy up in Wisconsin that is just, you know, not human. 
basically. <laughs> yeah. Other other years, maybe this is something to consider, especially with the history of the Bills and like not winning divisions and all that stuff. Maybe based on that alone, you could say it. But like when you have a year like Rodgers has, especially um, you know with the team he has, that's just it's hard to debate. So let's go uh, the picks. All right. I want to give you um, two picks based on from the media, the picks are in on Dolphins versus the Bills. And then I want to hear your pick. And then um, we'll move on from there. So the first one is from Mike Florio from PFT, of course, is, is picking the Bills 27-23. And he's saying, without knowing whether the Bills will play to win, it's impossible to pick one with any certainty. I'll guess that the Bills try to maintain their momentum. And then the process, knock a divisional rival out of the playoffs. That's the first one. And I'll give you the second one. Uh, Cameron Wolf from ESPN has Dolphins winning 23-20, but Miami's defense is due a big game against the Bill. The Bills, though it's unclear if Allen or Matt Barkley will have to take m- most of this, the reps for a team that has already clinched the division. So there is a, a plethora, a Bills win, a Dolphins win. Now give us yours. I Forte. think. I, you know, I, I think Mike Florio, you know, without knowing what the Bills are going to do, it's hard to predict the game. And just as a parenthesis, Gordon, I want you to think about this and while I do my, my pick, but do you think this, this feels are, you know, the Detroit Pistons of the Miami Dolphins, Jordans? Is this a team that we have to mm. beat to, to really arrive? And I'm not saying we're going to, we're there this year, but I yeah, definitely yeah. do think that this is a team that physically beats us up every time we play them that we just can't beat so far. And I think, you know, if, if coach Flores is Michael Jordan, this is the Detroit Pistons. Right. Uh, that is a beautiful connection there. Uh, thank you for bringing it back to the NBA. I love that because yeah. this is exactly what it is. The Every time we play the Bills, I think it ends with a strip sack. I don't know why. Like we just lose with a strip sack. It, it just, we can't, uh, we never win in the trenches. We never win. And that's like where the bullies play. That's where the bullies play. And we just get torn apart. And I think that's, that could happen if they played their starters the whole game, of course. Uh, of them just bullying us around in the snow again and and making us look like the same old dolphins when it comes to the bills uh but we shall see we shall see i agree with you though yeah and, and my pick is i think the bills are gonna play i think stefan Diggs is gonna play one quarter i think trey white and edmonds are gonna play probably the half the first half i don't think we're gonna see josh allen out there uh, i think you know sean mcdermott's gonna be very smart with his quarterback uh, especially a quarterback that likes, likes to run around against a hard-hitting defense like the Dolphins is. Um, so I do think the Dolphins are going to win this game. I think it's going to be a 20-10 to 10 score. I think it's, it's going to be an ugly game. Don't expect fireworks out in this now. It's going to be an ugly, frustrating game, uh, even more so frustrating if you're on Dolphins Twitter. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, I think it's going to be an, an ugly win, but it's going to be a, a win that Dolphins are going to be able to build from going into next year, whatever happens in the playoffs. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I agree. It's going to be a win as well. And I, I think it's going to be um, some more, some more ground and pound football. I think this is going to be uh, another miles Gaskin game, to be honest. I think, I think I, I'm going to protect that again as my bold prediction, along with my pick is that we're going to go another hundred yards and we shall see how it goes. <laughs> Are you just drinking vodka? Is that vodka? Oh, I'm going to say it's water guys. Just pointing it. <laughs> We definitely thought it was like New Amsterdam or something. Um, 
<laughs> I was like, are you really, are you really that uh, uh, stressed out about this pick? Well, I, I think the Dolphins win very, very close game, regardless of how long those starters play, because it's just, you're playing a rival and you're playing them at their home and you're playing them where, where there's going to be snow, where you're, your Alabama-bred quarterback, Hawaii-bred quarterback has never played before. I think this is just going to be a tough one, though it's going to be like eh, like 17 to 13, super low scoring. And um, I think the Dolphins win this. Okay, my bold prediction, and I'm going to double down on the last five weeks. Malcolm Perry gets his first touchdown in the NFL, but it's going to come via a throw. Not, he's going to pass for a touchdown. I think Malcolm Perry is going to be much more comfortable throwing. Ooh. I think he's going to throw once in this game out of the wildcat or, or yeah. reverse or whatever. Uh, but yeah, I think he's going to, he's going to get his first uh, passing touchdown in the league. They've kind of wanted, uh, they've given the ball to Bowden a lot to throw. They, <laughs> and have, they, have, they have on the reverse. And I think Bowden is quicker and probably better at running with the ball. But, you know, we've seen Malcolm Perry coming in, taking that, you know, quarterback sneak to keep Tua out of, out of danger. Uh, so tell me you don't see that play just going in, taking the snap and doing a jump, a jump pass on the team Tebow over the Dolphins line. <laughs> I would love it. And I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna double down on it too. I think that's gonna happen for sure. Chan Galen, okay. you know, you know Chan is watching us right now. I mean we know Chan is the number one yes. fan of the two amigos. <laughs> Chan, we want to say, you know, happy new year. We we know we've had a, a bit of a, a harsh relationship coming in, mm-hmm. you know, but Chan, every time I say, you know. I criticize you. You come out with a great game plan. So let me say, let me say this, Chen. You're the worst offensive play caller I've seen in my life. He is. So yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm gonna say. I love that he keeps <laughs> listening to the show every time you uh, like trash him. I think that's yeah. really uh, great of, of Chen. Yeah. <laughs> great sport. He's a great sport. Yeah, he's great sport. Okay, well, we'll finish off the show with our final debate because, of course, this this Dolphins game that is Sunday means a ton. Uh, in terms of the playoff picture. And the the big part about this is that they have four ways to get in. All right. Obviously, we have uh, the Dolphin, the best way that the Dolphins team gets in, and that's just beat the Bills. And if we get in any other way, I'll be happy, not as happy. The other ways we can get in is the Browns lose, uh, or the Colts lose, or the Ravens lose, though they are all very uh, easy wins if you could see it that way, because the Steelers aren't starting anybody. I believe the, what is it? Ravens, Jags, something like that. No, it's uh, Ravens, Cincinnati, and then Jacksonville at Colts. At Colts. So, I mean, really these should all happen though. We've seen crazier things with the jets beating, uh, you know, a ton of the teams that we need them to beat for us. So, I mean, we've seen weirder things and a lot of these playoff, like the Bengals, I think their pick is locked. Is it locked? Uh, the Bengals is not. The, the ones that are locked are Jets and Jaguars. And from mm. there, you know, if the Titans beat the, the Texans, not only the Titans need to win to get into the playoffs, but Dolphins secured the number three pick in the coming draft. Um, and we're going to have a bunch of draft content coming in for Maniacs pretty soon. I know Jason Sarney is creating his own mock, and he's going to be coming up with it anytime soon. I know Carter and I are going to be talking drafts in a couple of weeks. Um, yes, we will. So, yeah, I mean, that, that's a big game for the Dolphins for, for other reasons. That no, is. for a ton of reasons. And uh, the, the internet is having us at uh, – I don't remember where I found this, but it was – stop with the vodka. 81% 81% chance of making the playoffs is what a lot of people are having us on, which is great, though yeah. it, is, it is a very Dolphins thing 
for all four of those things to happen somehow. Yeah. Uh, and I saw, I saw someone was making uh, a bet, like a sports bet on all four. Uh, just so like, if they, if it ends up happening, they'll just have a consolation prize. Yeah. Uh, but here's my question for you. The potential first round picks or the, the potential wild card round, uh, you know, is going to be the Steelers, Titans, Bills. I believe they could play e- all three of these opponents, depending on what circumstance happens. Who would you want to play the most and who would you want to play the least? So I think I'm, I'm just playing around with the ESPN playoff machine, but I think the Dolphins are, it's almost a lock that they're going to play either the Titans. Oh, right, right, right. Or if the Titans lose, then the Colts, unless... I think if the Colts lose and the Titans lose, yeah, it's basically, yeah, we're, we're playing, I think, one of those teams. Oh, There's, is it actually? Is it locked in that way? That's basically what I'm seeing right now. Uh, I'm trying to come okay. up with different scenarios, but I, it's not working. So I okay. think, honestly, I want to see Ryan Tannehill again. I mean, I, I, was, okay. a big, I was a big fan of him. I defended him when he was here. I, th- I thought he was going to be great, whatever he went, and he, he's been great. Um, I think the Dolphins are better off playing the Colts, so... You know, part of me wants to cheer for the Texans, even though we, we give up on that pick. But that means that you go to Indianapolis in a game that you could actually win. I think if we're playing the Titans in the playoffs against Derrick Henry, it's it's not a matchup that I'm crazy about, to be honest with you. I don't love the Derrick Henry as well. The, the possibility of playing Derrick Henry, especially in the time like playoffs is just play defense, run the ball well. You know, that type of thing is like super, super important in the playoffs. The thing I will, will say, though, is that I specifically also don't like uh, that the Tannehill, that, that Tannehill uh, matchup is going to be the entire story. If, if, if uh, we play the, the Titans, it's going to be, well, the Dolphins gave up on Ryan Tannehill, and now he gets to beat his old team. That'll be the headline. And yeah. I don't love that. And I love Ryan Tannehill. So I, I don't, I don't have any ill will towards him, but that will be how the media swings it. Yeah, the thing not, I will say, yeah. no, go for it. No. Yeah. I was going to say that I completely agree with you. If, if the Dolphins play the Titans, everything we're going to listen about, it's not going to be about the hell of a season from the Dolphins or coach Flores is for coach of the year. It's going to be Ryan Tannehill revenge game against the Dolphins. Yeah. And I, I don't love that. The one thing I will say though, is, uh, having Tannehill for your quarterback for, I don't know what it was. It could have been three, 30 years for all I know. It was a long time. Uh, he, he's not great on third downs. He is very, he's very shaky on third downs and yeah. specifically in clutch situations. And our defense is the best in the league on third down, which wouldn't be a great recipe to be honest. So other than Derrick Henry, which is obviously he would run for 200 on us. Um, if it's, if it's possible to hold him to field goals the whole time, it's possible to win that game. And that's why I would say, um, I mean, obviously the Colts matchup might be easier, but the Titans matchup would be more fun. I mean, let's be honest. I would love to see your defense against Philip Rivers. I mean, yeah. honestly, guys. Yeah. Yeah. And it'd, be, I, it'd, it'd be a great defensive matchup. You know, the Colts is one of the best defenses in the league. We have one of the best defenses in the league. Great matchup out there. Uh, Frank Reich against Coach Flores. Uh, yeah, I mean, it'd, it'd be a fantastic matchup. And it would also prevent me from going crazy on Dolphins Twitter this, that week when everyone's going to say that we shouldn't have given up on Ryan Tannehill, even though everyone was claiming that we should give up on Ryan Tannehill at the time. Yeah, I I, <laughs> I don't want to play this. Uh, oh, 
you know, in the right system, he's the best. He's as good as Mahomes because it's obviously not true. And these, yeah. these statistics don't tell the whole story, uh, though uh, it, it will be exciting. And so I think I guess this is the final thing we will talk about on this Dolphins and Bills preview show Two Amigos, uh, Fin Maniacs, what other labels you want to put on it is that so. How do you think, how do you see everything playing out? How do you see, so the Dolphins, are they going to beat the Bills? You said you think they will. I think, uh, the and then, Bills, I think, I think Steelers are going to beat the Cleveland Browns in a huge upset. Okay. And the rest of the games, I'm pretty sure, I would be shocked to see Cincinnati beating the Bengals, sorry, uh, beating the Ravens. If it did, I'd be concerned about that locker room. I think the Colts are going to have a cakewalk against against the the Jacks, and I think the Titans are beating the uh, the Texans, which means that the Colts would be out of the playoffs. And they would. Well, that is. Wait, I, sorry, I apologize. If the Steelers win and the Browns lose, then the Colts go in. We'd play the Titans, and it'd be Colts at Pittsburgh the first week of the playoffs. That'd be a bore fest for me, to be honest. I, I don't like to watch the Steelers play football. I hate uh, though. <laughs> yeah, I, what can you say about it? Okay, well that's it. Uh, unless you have a wrap up, Jorge. No, I think I think that's it. Uh, let me just say something for those uh, draft junkies right now. Justin Fields is taking it to Trevor Lawrence, 24, 28 to fourteen in the college football playoffs. If you're watching that, Justin Fields is having a great game, and uh, it, we're not going to talk playoffs until the season is over uh, for the Dolphins, which will hopefully not be next week. But, you know, at Two Amigos, we are ready to start talking about the future of Dolphins as well. For sure, for sure. I was even going to, like, plan our last debate as something uh, mock drafty, but I was like, no, 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 hold off. I know you want to talk about it, but hold off. We will do playoff talk this week and then talk about our glorious, potentially three overall pick lit, uh, in future episodes. Sounds good. All right. Well, that is the Finn Maniacs. Uh, two amigos preview show dolphins versus bills thanks for anyone that joined us on facebook thank you for uh anyone that listened we love you yeah by the way we're gonna have you doing this on facebook now every week uh we're gonna hijack that fin main account so every time we're recording we'll try to give you a bit more of a warning because this this time was a two minute warning uh, <laughs> but it's we because of the out. holidays Carter's in florida you know i sorry california enjoying the sun enjoying the weather so that's why. But next week, we'll, we'll be sure to let you guys know with, with a bit more time. Perfect. Thanks, Jorge. Thank you, Carter.